Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to Truth Radio, a podcast station dedicated to bringing the body of Christ together through the Word of God, prayer, and testimony. On Truth Radio, we ask real questions and search the Word of God for real answers. Our prayer is to unite believers, no matter your background in church or the lack thereof, and for our listeners to find their identity through Jesus Christ. Let's begin. Thanks for tuning back into Truth Radio. This is Joey. Uh, this is actually one of the first Bible studies that we're going to be recording and, and doing some live video as well. Today we're going to be in Matthew 15. Um, I'm going to give you guys a second. Go get some coffee, use the bathroom, get the Bible, uh, do what it is that you have to do to get in the Word of God and just stay focused on what He wants to tell you in Matthew 15. Real quick, I'm going to pray. So Lord, I just thank you for the word. I thank you for the opportunity that you have given us here in America, Lord, to freely come and receive out of the word. Lord, I pray that it penetrates our hearts and it it causes us to want to change. Lord, I just pray for every listener or watcher out there, Lord, that you just be with them, that you guide them, and, and that you personally reveal yourself in a fresh, new way. And I pray this in your son's beautiful and precious name. Amen. So some people might find it weird that I sometimes, most times, I pray with my eyes open. And it goes back to back in my childhood and even more recently where I'm with my Aunt Nikki, who raised me for a good seven to ten years. And we did a lot of praying for people, uh, this thing called treasure hunts where you actually go and and you just get alone with the Holy Spirit and you listen and the Holy Spirit will give you clues about somebody. And so what we did is I I would write down whatever the Holy Spirit was telling me and we'd go to Walmart or we'd go out to eat. And I, I kid you not, people that would match the exact descriptions that we wrote down would walk in and we'd go pray for them. So to make somebody a little more comfortable we just pray with our eyes open. And I know in, in church world, you know, it's, it's a sign of respect. And my mom used to always say, you know, where it says, where two or more are gathered, there I am. And she always wanted to know if maybe there were angels that would come around people. And she wanted to be available to see that. So I think that's somewhat why I choose to pray with my eyes open sometimes. So no disrespect. It's just a, a preference for myself. So we're going to get into Matthew 15. Um, Yeah, there's a lot here, a lot of meat and stuff that I personally have struggled with, to be honest with you guys, and and that's okay. Uh, But let's just jump right into it, all right? So 15.1. Then some Pharisees and scribes came to Jesus from Jerusalem and said, why do your disciples break the traditions of elders? For they do not wash their hands before they eat their bread. And Jesus answered them, Why do you yourselves transgress the commandment of God for the sake of your tradition? For God said, Honor your father and mother, and he who speaks evil of, of father or mother 
will be put to death. But you say, whoever to his father or mother, whatever I have, would help you has been given to God. He is not to honor his father or his mother. And by this you invalidated the word of God for the sake of your own tra- tra- yeah, tra- tradition. Of course I would mess this up within the first six verses. You hypocrites, rightly did Isaiah the prophesy, prophet prophesy to you when he said, this people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching as doctrines of the precepts of men. After Jesus called the crowd to him, he said to them, Hear and understand. It is not what enters the mouth that defiles a man, but what proceeds out of the mouth that defiles a man. I just want to stop here for a real quick second and, and touch on verses 8 and 9. Isaiah prophesied, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. But in vain do they worship me, teaching his doctrines, the precepts of men. And this is something that I think everybody in their lifetime goes through. And I'm going to speak mainly for myself here. This is something that I struggled with for a long time, where, you know, we get that saying, um, Sunday saint, Monday ain't. I was the poster child for that saying. Um, you know, I, I worshiped God out of fear as a child. I mean, I, I saw wonderful things. I, I felt the love of God at a very young age and throughout my history uh, ran away from that. But I worshiped Him in vain, and it, it took me a long time to understand what exactly that meant. You know, I wasn't joyfully worshiping in the church, in my own life, because worship worship isn't something that you go in and do. Worship is a lifestyle. Just like ministering or pastoring, it's a, it's a lifestyle. It's what you do on a daily basis. It's how you abide in worship. You abide in the Word. I just want to touch on that real quick. Verse 12, Then the disciples came and said to him, do you know that the Pharisees were offended? <laughs> I think that's funny. Did, yeah, sorry. Then the disciples came and said to him, Do you know that the Pharisees were offended when they heard this statement? But he answered and said, Every plant which my heavenly Father did not plant will be uprooted. Let them alone. They are blind guides of the blind. And if a blind man guides a blind man, both will fall into a pit. Now I'm going to leave that. <clears throat> leave that alone. 15. Peter said to him, Explain the parable to us. And Jesus said, Are you still lacking understanding also? Do you not understand that everything that goes into the mouth passes into the stomach and is eliminated? But the things that proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and those defile the man. 
For out of the heart comes every evil thought, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and slanders. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. I um, have been undergoing this process, and it's something that I think we will go through our entire lives, where I'm changing my, my thought process. Instead of being so short-tempered with people, I thank God for an opportunity to be patient. <laughs> and every, any person that has been in this walk long enough knows the one thing you don't ask for prayer for is patience because God will give you multiple opportunities to grow in that area of your life. Um, the things that leave our mouth, and this is pertaining to verses 15 to 20. You know, they, they did this study somewhere in California at a college about the power of our words. And I'll look it up and give you guys the actual reference in the school and all that where they had two pots of rice. And as the students would enter into the classroom, they would look to one pot and say, you are good and fruitful and you shall multiply. And they looked to the other pot and they would say a negative um, condemnation, um, you know, that you're worthless, you're going to rot, something like that, something along those lines. So long story short, after a set amount of time, they took the lids off of these pots of rice and the one that had positive um, attributes, not attributions, what's the word? Positive words being spoken over it barely had anything wrong with it. It, was, it looked like a fresh pot of rice. But the one that was had death spoken into it and over it was black. And we think, I, I saw this post on Facebook the other day. They say that if you speak kindly to a plant, it'll grow. And, um, oh, what did it say? If you speak kindly to a plant, it'll grow. Can you imagine what would happen if we spoke to people kindly? That's something I've struggled with, being now, now an introvert, but in my history, I was an extrovert, very outgoing, very obnoxious, I think I've said in a couple other podcasts. Um, and I never had a filter. And I, I've had to ask the Lord to give me a filter so I can wash my mouth. And, and th with this whole thought process and this training for my mind is to think before I speak, you know. Don't count to 10 because, you know, 10 second Tom, that whole ordeal. But, you know, count one, two and then answer something because we really have to watch what's coming out of our mouth. For some people, it takes one word to destroy them. And for one phrase or one sentence spoken over somebody's life could do so much damage that it could take years, years to repair I mean, for me personally, in my, my history, a lot of stuff was spoken over me that I started to just believe. And, and I wore it on my sleeve. And it's like, well, if you're going to say that, then I'm going to live it to the full. I'm going to give you a reason to believe that. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it the best. 
and it was never really a positive thing. It was um, that. It was never positive. Um, build people up with your words. Take a moment and allow the Holy Spirit to implant a holy filter in your mind with the words that you speak. And, and, and I slip up all the time. Ask the guys here at the fortress, like, I really have to slow down. Um, how and what I say. Because sometimes it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And I, I'm very sarcastic. And that can be taken the wrong way to somebody who is more sensitive to that. So I could really have to kind of, you know, get a feel for the, the audience, I guess, or the person to know, do I have a relationship to be sarcastic with this person? Am I saying something that's going to tear them down or am I going to build them up? You know, in one of the first podcasts I ever did, I had this, um, this thought of instead of calling somebody out on their sin, which as a church body we should be doing to other believers, I know, don't judge me, bro, but we are supposed to be calling people out on stuff that they are doing that is against the law of God. But if you're listening to this for the first time, I want you to try something. Instead of calling somebody out on their sin, call them out to their identity in Christ. Instead of calling somebody you're a liar, say you're made an honest person in Jesus. Instead of calling somebody angry, call them God, God's gentleman. I took that from Graham Cook, and I actually used it on one of the guys here who no longer lives here is a friend of mine. Um, and it made him so mad that I was calling him this. But within like a week or two, he would come up to me and he'd say, I am God's gentleman. We have to sometimes just not only remind ourselves, but the people that we are connected to, the people that we do life with on a day-to-day -day basis, who they are in Christ. Because in the hustle and bustle of life, it's easy to forget. We start to slip into our old ways, our old habits, our old thinking patterns. And sometimes it just takes one or two strong friends to gently and humbly remind you who you are in Jesus Christ. It can make the world of a difference. It can help somebody see Jesus working not only in your, in your life, but how Jesus sees that person. That can change somebody. You have the power to change somebody through Christ. Sorry, this thing, I should really tape this to my face, I think. <laughs> All right. Let's jump into 21. We've got a few minutes here. So Jesus went away from there and withdrew into the district of Tyre and Sidon. And a Canaanite woman from that region came out and began to cry out, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is cruelly demon-possessed. But he did not answer her a word. And his disciples came and implored him, saying, Send her away, because she keeps shouting at us. But he answered and said, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. 
But she came and began to bow down before him, saying, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, It is not good to take children's bread and throw it to the dogs. But he said, But she said, Yes, Lord. But even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And Jesus said to her, O oh, woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Now, don't be, don't be taken back. I, <laughs> I kind of went rounds with um, Adam Trask when he was still working here at the fortress about this section about Jesus saying, I only came for the, the, the lost sheep of Israel. And how he, in verse 26, says, he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. So I got caught up on that because back in those days, and, and honestly, if we're being completely truthful, even nowadays, some in the Jewish tradition look at us as if we're dogs. And, and that was kind of what was going on here. And it wasn't a, a diss on this woman, but it was him pointing out the fact that she was a Gentile and he was coming for a certain people group in that area, the Israelites, the Jews, the, the chosen people. And her response is incredible. Yes, Lord, but even the dogs feed on the crumbs which fall from their master's table. And could, can you just hear the smile in Jesus' voice in 28? Then Jesus said to her, Oh woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter you guys, was healed at once. At once. 29. Departing from there, Jesus went along by the Sea of Galilee, and having gone up on the mountain, he was sitting there, and large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others. And they laid them down at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowds marveled as they saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. That's testimony. And the rest is history. 32. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I feel compassion for the people because they have remained with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And I do not want to send them away hungry, for they might faint on the way. The disciples said to him, Where would we get so many loaves in this desolate place to satisfy such a large crowd? And Jesus said to them, How many loaves do you have? And they said, Seven and a few small fish. And he directed the people to sit down on the ground, and he took the seven loaves of fish, seven loaves and the fish, and giving thanks, he broke them and started giving them to people, giving to them to the disciples 
and the disciples gave them to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they picked up what was left over of the broken pieces, seven large baskets full. And those who ate were 4,000 men besides women and children. So you're looking at about 12,000 people. And sending away the crowds, Jesus got into the boat and came to the region of Magadan. And that closes out 15. I mean, I got into a discussion with somebody at one time saying that there's not going to be food in heaven. And it was, we weren't like arguing or even debating. It was just something that was thrown out there. And I was like, for how many times Jesus broke bread with other people, for how many times he's fed thousands and thousands and thousands of people miraculously, how are we not going to eat with him? Like, that's our, the first thing we do. We, you know, we, we go to the feast for the bride and the bridegroom. So uh, it's just a fun, fun little fact. So what can we take away from 15? I think that's the next thing we have to ask, ask ourselves when reading the word and we allow it to take root in our heart. What can we take from this? And as I read 15, there are two, three big things that I I want you guys to think about. Verse 19, for out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, and slanders. These are the things that defile a man. We need to watch our words being number one. Because words don't just like happen, you know, they, they start as a thought. And if it's a negative thought, try to have another thought. You know, don't call people out to their sin, call them out to their identity in Christ. It's a practice. It's something that's not going to happen overnight. It's, uh, it's a lifelong practice. It's a new way of thinking. It's a new way of engaging your friends and your family. And then you read from like 21 to 28 about the great faith of this um, Syrophoenician woman. It's kind of like the last podcast where it was like, Jesus, save me. This woman cries out, Lord, help me. And because of her faith, what she was requesting, what she was pleading with to Jesus was done. So whatever it is in your life that you need help with, cry out. And then you just see the sovereignty and the awesomeness of our king feeding thousands and thousands and thousands. And one day that'll be us eating up there with him. I hope you guys were able to capture something from 15. Uh, Maybe it showed you a new side of Christ. Maybe it showed you something about what you need to change in your own life because that's why we have this. It's instructions uh, on how to live our life more Christ-like for people to experience Jesus today, right now.
through you and through me. Let's just pray out quick, and, and we're going to leave it up there. So, Lord, I just thank you. God, I thank you for who you are. I thank you for every person that is listening or, or watching this on YouTube or on the website, God. Um, Lord, help us maintain a healthy thought life. May the words that we say to the people that we do life with on a daily basis build up and restore and not destroy and tear down. Lord, help us to make this a practice, a lifestyle change, if you will, and keep us hungry for truth, hungry for the Word of God. That's it. See you guys later.